0: Eat Drink DFW from the Dallas Morning News is made possible by Central Market.
1: North Texas food fans, welcome to Eat Drink DFW from the Dallas Morning News. Each week we dish on the local restaurant scene, food and drink trends, cooking and shopping tips, and unpack everything that makes North Texas one of the most vibrant, diverse, and ambitious food scenes in the country. I'm your host, food editor Aaron Bookie, and this year is already off to a big start in the North Texas restaurant world, with Sarah Blaskovich's list of the most exciting restaurants coming in 2024. Do you want barbecue or Italian? Something globally inspired? Or maybe something a little nostalgic? There's lots on the menu, and it all gets started right after this.
0: Central Market is really into food. Like fish flown in so fresh it still has jet lag into food. Our sourdough starter has been around since grunge was a thing into food. We're talking more prime cuts than a greatest hits album into food. Central Market is really into food. If you are too, then we're the HQ for you. Whether you're a make every recipe in the cookbook foodie or a my favorite recipe is reheat type who just digs the delectable, no place makes every day more delicious like Central Market. Really into food. Shop now at centralmarket.com.
1: Welcome back, everyone. For the latest food and restaurant news, be sure to go to dallasnews.com slash food. And don't forget to tell us your food thoughts at at eatdrinkatdallasnews.com. If you like the show, please show us some love and leave a good review on Apple Podcasts. Later on, we'll share the new DFW restaurants we're most looking forward to. But first, we're catching up with food reporters Sarah Blaskovich, Imelda Garcia, and Claire Baller. So guys, I have been reading a lot of stories about restaurant and food trends coming in 2024. A lot of them kind of excite me. A lot of them, I'm like, oh no, please, please not (laughs) that. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So what are your ins and outs for 2024?
2: I'm inspired by last week's discussion with Sharon and with Alex. I am doing a truncated dry January, but my in is half strength cocktails. And this is inspired by Bar Colette in West Village. The bartender there is, first of all, just really impressive. He comes from Michelin starred restaurants in Miami, and he has a whole section of not zero proof, which I also support, but like sort of half proof. Mm -hmm. Uh, With the idea being that it's either smaller in size or just the same amount of liquid, but less alcohol. My reasoning behind this in trend is that I come from a very non-toxic drinking family. We all drink and all of us feel like moderation is wonderful. Half-strength cocktails to me give you the love of a cocktail. I like the taste of wine. I like the taste of a well-made cocktail. I don't need to get drunk doing it.
1: I love that. It's kind of along the lines of the half-calf, like when you're trying to kind of wean off caffeine with exactly. your coffee. Exactly. <laughs> exactly
3: that. I love that. What other ends do y'all have? So one thing that I think is going to be a big thing this year is whimsical, over-the-top coffee list drinks at coffee shop type places. I think that this is especially going to be the case because with what McDonald's is doing this year of opening mm-hmm. their drink spin-off concept, Cosmics.
2: I was like, please say the name.
3: <laughs> and what we've already seen Starbucks doing and you see the all this buzz about like Panera's like super amped up caffeinated drink and, and all of their really vibrant kind of juvenile mm-hmm. drinks. I think that this is only going to continue, especially with McDonald's entering the picture. I think other places will follow. Uh, one thing I would like to see be in in 2024 is walk-in seating. I would love more of that. Um, There's been such a focus on reservations and reservation culture and how it's kind of inescapable these days. So that leads me to one of my outs is I would love for setting alarms to reserve seats, be out, I'm over it. And I think other people are getting over it too. And then I would love to see more regional cooking. We are already starting to see some of that and I think it will continue and I hope it continues. We're seeing it in some Italian restaurants and in uh, Mexican restaurants of more regional focus. I think it's something that younger generations will start to be more interested in too. I think we might start to see a bit of a movement away from this really broad sweeping new American type of approach to things and maybe get a little more granular
4: on menus. Smart. Yeah. I'd love to see that too. Imelda, what about you? I think this year is going to be, like, more thoughtful with the planet, you know? A lot of Mm. people are, like, uh, making these sustainable plates with organic food, with more vegetables. So I think this is going to be a great year for climate change, maybe, like, a conscious decision in food.
1: Imelda is there anything you're going to do this year either cooking at home or going out to eat that is more environmentally friendly?
4: I think I'm going to be more at the farmer's market. That would be a good goal for me because we have to try to eat more organic and less in the supermarket. What about you Erin?
1: So one of my inns, and I think this was my inn last year, actually, but it's cozier restaurants. Mm, I really, yeah. I think a lot of the restaurants, Sarah and all of you guys have been reporting on, a lot of the newer ones have been a little bit cozier. It's really made for conversation and kind of away from the loud restaurant, open kitchen style design.
2: I have one more in to add, and that's, I'd like to eat more seafood this year. I'm not going to make it a goal because then I need to check that box later. But I'm just going to, I love seafood. I like cooking it at home a lot. I like eating it in restaurants and a restaurant like Greenpoint on Knox Street makes so much sense to me. It is an oyster bar with a good white wine and sparkling selection. And they have cool little sandwiches if you're looking for an appetizer thing. But seafood to me means you're inherently eating healthier and you're putting something great into your body. And you know, Dallas isn't that close to oceans, but we live in a world where you can get anything from anywhere in the globe overnight. And so Dallas can have world-class seafood.
1: I remember hearing from Teach over at Teon how he gets his seafood shipped from Japan overnight, wow. like every single day. Yep. I know some chefs who meet the carrier with the freezer bag. Yeah. There are some chefs
2: in this town who go and pick up their seafood. Right. It's right. incredible.
3: One out that I didn't share, but I want to is cars driving into restaurants. Like, can that just not be a
2: thing <laughs> Thank in 2024? You. <laughs> Thank you. Like, it's not cute. We're done with that. I think we don't need any more omakase restaurants. And I think we don't need any more speakeasies. Mm. Now, let me say, I don't think the existing speakeasies or omakase restaurants should go away. Both of those places are interesting. Omakase restaurants and speakeasies are like hidden. You feel sort of special when you go. You often spend a lot of money. That's fine. I don't think we need a lot more. I would agree with that. And there's been some chatter on Twitter, too, about like, are we calling bars speakeasies because that's a fun word? 100%. You know, yes. A speakeasy is a place where you either can't find it or you need a password. That's a speakeasy. A bar without a sign not a speakeasy.
1: Yes. (laughs) Yes. Just hard to find.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Just pull the handle, walk in.
1: There is your bar. So speaking of trends, I do think that drinks in general are going to be huge still this year, from cocktails to mocktails to, you know, those fun coffee drinks. There are even some new places popping up. One is called Sip City in Plano. Great name. Which is just soda mixed with more syrup, The reason I think this is not going to die in 2024 is because of the recent Stanley Cup fervor. (laughs) Oh, no. In I think it was Target. Like people are losing their minds about the new color of Stanley Cups. Stanley released pink and red and there was a total rush on them at Target. (laughs) These are cups. Yes, these These are are, cups. These are cups that people are buying with straws in them. This is not the big NHL Stanley (laughs) Cup that the hockey players get when they win. (laughs) This is a brand called Stanley, and they make a little insulated cup with a handle and a straw on it.
3: I feel like cup is not the right word. Don't cup worry. sounds
2: too small. Yeah. It's for like what a it thermos. Is. It's, a, it's thermos. a thermos. Isn't the name of the famous one, the adventure quencher? Yes. <laughs> it's the only redeeming quality is that those two words together are excellent. Yes. Okay. And here's the thing. I have one. Yeah. And I use you, it. Is and it and just I it. one? You have just
3: one. I just have one. Oh, that's not true. Uh-oh. I have two, but okay. don't label me as- As, <laughs>
2: <laughs> as
1: a mom, <laughs> as a cup girly. I think that's what they're called. I
3: have two. I keep one at work. And- they're great because they fit in the cup holder of any car, pretty much. They hold a ton of water. So I needed to up my water intake and I was at Whole Foods and I looked over and I was like, that looks like a great water vessel. The largest cup it I've looks ever seen. It really giant. I like something with a straw. So I bought it. Little did I know that the moment that I saw them in Whole Foods, they happened to have just been unloaded. They were gone about 20 minutes later.
4: Wow. Oh, wow.
1: Okay, so this cup slash thermos is 40 ounces, and it's about $40. Yeah. Is that correct? No, no,
2: I think it's more than that. Um, Did you Google adventure quencher? I did. Thank you.
1: (laughs) And I'm on the Stanley website where it says the Quencher H2.0 flow state tumbler for 40 ounces. Get out of here. That is like the name of a variety of car. (laughs) I know. (laughs) (laughs) Is $45. And this is the pink parade color. And this is the one I think people were going nuts over recently.
3: First of all, who the people are who are buying many of these. Right. And second. (laughs) No, I bought, I bought one, two years ago and ended up with a second one, Where are they keeping them?
2: Because these are not small.
1: Yeah. You can't fit it in a normal cabinet. And if I'm stereotyping the
2: adventure quencher drinker, which I'm willing to do, she is not allowing the A dot Q dot to sit on the counter. She puts that somewhere. She yeah. has a great kitchen.
3: <laughs> Mine I, sits
1: on
2: my counter, I will say. All the time? I mean, I'm always using it, so it's just out
3: and about. Oh, it's yeah. being used. Okay.
1: I think people actually display these in their homes like it is a- <laughs> Like a cup. In the back yes. of the TikTok video. Right. And there are accessories that no. go with this thing. Like, no. Like crock charms? Yes. People treat- <laughs> Stop. <laughs> stop. <laughs> even worse. Even worse, Claire. Um, People treat these things like they're their pets, okay? Oh, God. So they have, like, little sweaters for them. You can get a snack bowl. This has got to be very niche. There's no way there are this many people doing this. My face, my jaw is on the floor. This is a cup. There's a water bottle carrier that you can put it in that has a strap that you can put around your neck and it has a slot for your phone and your car. Hands free drinking.
2: Yes. Now, does the straw like inspector gadget up so that like <laughs> you <laughs> don't even have to tip your chin down?
1: There are little straw things you can put on it, too. Like what? Kind of like the croc charms. They're like charms. <laughs> Stanley Straw Topper. Man, if you go to Etsy, am I too old for this? I really
3: don't get it. I feel like we need to pause for a second. I just need to clarify. I do not have accessories for my Stanley Cup. (laughs) I am a normal Stanley Cup user. It is a great, (laughs) it keeps your water cold, makes you drink more water.
2: I think There's two groups here. Let me ask, as I drink out of my Yeti, how is this better than the Yeti? Is it simply the handle?
3: What went into my thought process when I bought one was, okay, I want something with a straw. The top of the Stanley also, you can use it like three different ways. It's a sip top as well if you don't want to use a straw. Okay. And then it can seal fully closed. I like the versatility. I liked that you can bring it with you in the car and have as much volume as it gives you while still being able to put it in a cup holder. Yeah, the bottom is skinny. Yes. So yes. it was a way for me to have a lot of water on me and yeah. have it not rolling around my car floor as I used to do. Sure. But Although, do you drink more? Definitely. Yeah. Really? Yeah. That um, was the goal. That was the goal and goals achieved, which is why my Stanley is still around. Do
1: you mix anything in yours? Because that's another thing on TikTok. It's a whole hashtag water talk where... They will have all, I know, how old am I? Where they have all of these concoctions that they mix into their Stanley. Most of them are not healthy, which is why I just mostly go with water. Sometimes I'll add like a little Pedialyte pouch in there if I need extra Mm. electrolytes. Are we hearing that you have a Stanley? I do have a Stanley. Okay, when were you going to disclose that, Erin? That's (laughs) fair. That's fair. This is a cult.
4: (laughs) This is a cult. I remember it was because I saw Claire had one. (laughs) And we have two members here of that cult.
1: Yes, yes. And so I bought one. I will say I only keep it at home because I do find it very heavy. It's heavy. I can't really carry that thing around a lot. You guys, Erin's going to come in with a strap. <laughs> She's going to come I in do. with yeah, Stanley Did you know strap. you can get a strap yeah. and a straw with accessories on I it? I need the strap, I think, to carry it around. <laughs> oh, but then man. at that point, can we just buy like World War II canteens? Like, aren't we just buying canteens? Okay, Stanley basically
3: kind of was that. Stanley's been around for forever, oh, making okay. thermoses and like camping thermoses and like I don't know, maybe wartime thermoses. They've been around for forever. So I think it is hilarious that now you're seeing Stanleys with like Barbie croc charms and stuff on them. Well,
4: why now? But I think this began on November, right? Because there was this car crash and the whole car just burned except the Stanley Cup.
1: Oh, right.
4: Wait a second.
3: Really? And, And the thing was when the woman opened her Stanley, like the day after her car exploded into flames, there was still ice in it. yes (laughs) yes
4: <laughs> yes that's why
3: it's oh my incredible. gosh yeah. yeah and i think stanley like bought her a new car yeah
4: that's right yeah wow. so basically it's indestructible yes yeah and it's gonna work even in hell so <laughs> that's why it's so funny oh my gosh right now. yeah. so funny you know
2: sarah we need one amelda <laughs> what color though would you get because ladies i need to know what color you have i, I feel like you should guess what colors we have oh white navy I'll Mine's go, white. <laughs> yeah, I, told you. But I you. you know have two. You.
4: Uh, yeah, my other one's gray. Okay. And yours, I'm going to say green. Mine is cream. Oh, God. It's off-white. <laughs> Eggshell. Oh, God. Vanilla.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so, I Amelda, felt. if <laughs> you were going to get one, would you go for the obvious pink parade from Target if you could get it? Or would you go more subtle?
4: No, I want the red one. The red one is oh. great. Red? Yeah. yeah, red. And you? You know, I'm
2: a color person, but I'm also very embarrassed by this drinking vessel.
1: Here are <laughs> so, the charms you can buy.
2: You know, <laughs> yeah, I think I appreciate that. I think I'd go with something like Navy, and then because I'm falling off the deep end, and I'm taking my whole family with me, I would get some stupid charm.
1: You can <laughs> also get a nameplate
2: <gasps> and sparkles. <gasps> with so many people in this group having Stanleys, I do think you do need your name on it. <laughs> that's <true.
4: laughs> yeah. yeah, that's true.
2: I do love all the memes on the internet that joke that we're really concerned with kids drinking water these days. And that I started drinking water when I was 30. When did drinking water become so important? Right. Like, see, that's so funny to me. Cause I grew up in Arizona. Like you'll die if yeah. you don't drink water. Like, it I mean? was just not a thing. Like we were always just all chugging water. all the I time. think that it's, A really good life lesson to drink a lot of water, may I say. But this is not like a thing. Julie, I feel like you should get in on this. Thanks. Yeah, I'm over here like waving my arms around because I drink a ton of water. And sometimes I wonder if I've done a disservice to myself because I find that I get really thirsty very fast. And when we were in Italy and we would walk around and they'd give us like teeny tiny bottles of water or glasses with no ice, it was never enough. So then I was like,
1: as Americans, are we drinking too much water? Like, is that a thing? There have been reports of people dying from water toxicity. That is drinking way too much water at one time. There was an Indiana mom, uh, 35 years old, last summer, died of water toxicity during the 4th of July weekend. There was also a woman who drank a lot of water for a radio contest last year and then died. So the thing for me is that the Stanley
3: is 40 ounces of water. What is the general recommendation? What like sixty four ounces a day? I mm-hmm. think so. For me, like if I get through two Stanley's for the day, like I'm good. When you say it like that, it makes a lot of sense, Claire.
2: Right. If it weren't forty five to priceless.
1: Right.
3: Yeah. Well, and I I think what is yeah, the black like market limited like? Limited edition
2: ones that are like stupidly expensive and
1: yeah, yeah, it's out of
2: hand. If you have a limited edition Stanley Cup, I personally would like to speak with you. <laughs> Please email eatdrink at dallasnews.com. I will not make fun of you. I just have questions. Yes, (laughs) same. Only limited edition, though, and straw charms.
1: (laughs) Next up, it's time to plan your 2024 restaurant to-do list. That's right after this.
0: Central Market is really into food. Like when we say cheese, it's in 12 languages into food. Butchers, bakers, and sushi roll makers into food. We're talking so obsessive about quality, you can shop blindfolded into food. Central Market is really into food. If you are too, then let us turn your shopping list into a treasure map. Get inspired, get adventurous, or just get a chef-made dinner when you've got more taste buds than time. No place makes every meal more amazing like Central Market. Really into food. Shop now at centralmarket.com.
1: Welcome back, everyone. Sarah Blaskovich makes a lot of calls throughout the year, but her annual list of the most exciting restaurants coming to DFW requires some serious reporter persistence. Sarah, how will the North Texas dining landscape change in 2024?
2: That's a good question, Aaron. And I should first say there's a lot that won't change. Right. And then we can decide whether that's a good thing or not a good thing. We're going to have a ton of American restaurants opening in Dallas-Fort Worth in 2024. You could say we already have a lot of those. Mm-hmm. So we will get more of those. I'd say, I don't know. We need a ton more American restaurants. But restaurants are businesses. And these business owners are, are realizing that, yeah, there's a spot for good salads and a couple burgers, some sandwiches. And so we will see a fair amount of American Restaurants. I'm always excited by barbecue, and there will be a couple of new barbecue restaurants. We will have more Italian food. Dallas has been in a pretty good spot in the last couple of years in terms of Italian food. Don't you agree, Claire? Mm -hmm. Big difference in the past five than in the past 10 or 15. I think you'll see a mix of in town restaurateurs opening interesting spots and out of town places. I don't mind at all going on the record to say that those out of towners have a place here in Dallas. We don't want Dallas to be full of -of out-of-town restaurants by any means, but I do think there's a spot for people inside and outside of this city to open restaurants, just like there's a spot for people to move here from other states and from other countries and for them to find a home here.
1: One thing I've noticed on your list is that there are a lot of Fort Worth spots. I've
2: been excited by Fort Worth for a couple of years. I just think it's a really cool little big town and the food there is exciting. There's a restaurateur there I'm especially inspired by. Her name is Gigi Howell and she and her team are reinventing restaurants over there in addition to opening some. So we have this list of most exciting restaurants opening in Dallas, Fort Worth in 2024, which I hope you'll read at dallasnews.com slash food. We also have a list of seven reinvented restaurants opening next year. I split these two stories apart because one is about new stuff and one is about restaurants that have been here that are either moving or changing. And Gigi Howell is opening two places on that list. She's redoing Polito's Mexican restaurant, which Imelda, you wrote about as closing. Yep. The Polito's family is not involved anymore, but they bought the rights and they're going to reopen it and they're going to try to get uh, some of the same flair from the original menu. And then she's reopening Margie's Italian Gardens, which harkens back to 1953 in the Westland neighborhood of Fort Worth. And if you go over there to Westland, there's there's a lot happening. In addition to a couple new bars and restaurants opened or opening, Taylor Sheridan is filming something across the street (laughs) from where Margie's and Fuel Stop 80, a cocktail bar, are opening. So there's... There's a whole Taylor Sheridan thing happening in Fort Worth. If anybody doesn't know who Taylor Sheridan is, he's probably most beloved right now for being the creator of Yellowstone. Mm -hmm. And he's just sort of a fixture in Fort Worth and he owns the Four Sixes
1: Ranch. So what else is coming into Fort Worth?
2: Anybody heard of Shaquille O'Neal?
1: Oh, yeah. He
2: is opening a fast food joint called Big Chicken across DFW and the first one is supposed to be in Fort Worth.
1: And how big is the Big Chicken? (laughs) That's my question. (laughs) You know, I
2: haven't been in a Big Chicken and I think the actual shop is normal size. Okay, But the idea <laughs> is that the food is huge. Oh my gosh, I bet. I, I think it's hard to eat small at Big Chicken. Oh, yes. <laughs> I yeah. will just
3: be forever upset that he did
2: not name it Chicken Shack. Yeah, we got to dig into the trademark. There could be a problem there. <laughs> Who knows? But Shaquille O'Neal has a home in Collin County. And so the fact that he's opening these big chickens across North Texas is not surprising. And it's important to me to point out that the most exciting restaurants include bars, barbecue, fried chicken, fast food, just as much as they do these expensive restaurants. Exciting does not only mean expensive.
1: Right. And it doesn't mean setting your alarm to get a reservation
2: (laughs) on on all of them. So now if you want to do that, the one I'm most excited about when it comes to high, high, high end food is Delilah. There is a Delilah in Vegas, in LA, and in Miami. The one in Vegas is at the Wynn Hotel. I was walking past Delilah a year or two ago in Vegas, wondering if maybe we could get a table there. And Machine Gun Kelly walked out of Delilah at that exact moment. And, and you said, no, we're not going to get a table. Right. Except, <laughs> except that I'm the eternal optimist. So I still walked in and said, hi, you got any seats for two tonight? And uh, they were, in fact, booked. I thought maybe I could get Machine Gun Kelly's table, but I, alas, I could not. So I've never eaten at Delilah, but it is a big supper club and they have expensive, fancy fun food like lobster, but they also have a very famous chicken tender plate. Because the owner loves chicken tenders and because this is every man's food. So this will be a place that's like, you know, wear your best thing, plan in advance. But it is not a club. It is a supper club. So it is dinner. Sit down dinner with three stages, possibly a burlesque performance, a jazz performance. It is going to be the kind of place where you can go all evening. And Dallas doesn't have a lot like this. Now, do we need more things like Delilah? No. But I think Delilah has a place in Dallas, just like, love it or hate it, Carbone has found a place in Dallas. I think there's some similarity with these big restaurant groups from out of town coming in and bringing something like Delilah here.
4: I love this place,
2: CCC in Dallas. Cuisine? tequila. Tell me all about it. <laughs> yes. In this story, there's like bullet points at the end of every blurb. And I say what the cuisine is and what the address is. And the cuisine at CCC is simply tequila. Wow. This, this I is love it. Arguable that tequila is not a cuisine, Imelda. But yeah, this is a tequila bar. It's going to be a private club for people who love to sip tequila and other agave based spirits. And I think it could be a heck of a lot of fun. One interesting thing, There are lots of interesting things about CCC, but one of those interesting things is that Alex Snodgrass of The Defined Dish is one of the owners of oh, her oh, of this tequila bar and there's a fun story there the owner Brandon Hayes and his wife Brittany Grignon they vacation I can't remember where someplace fantastic and Alex Snodgrass and her husband also vacation there and they became friends on vacation vacation friends and they decided to open restaurants together as we know Brandon Hayes owns a bunch of restaurants Double D's Fousey and High Fives and a bunch of others and so this is his business and I think the Snodgrasses, you know kind of agreed to go in with them because they too I guess love to sip tequila
1: yeah love Alex. She's actually been on our podcast before. Fantastic. CCC is on Fitzhugh Avenue, and I think there's a lot of stuff going on there.
2: I'm excited by Fitzhugh Avenue. And when Beverly's opened there, however many years ago, there was not a lot of food, especially on the west side of Fitzhugh coming off of 75. When Beverly's opened, I remember Greg Katz talking about it. You know, this seems like a risk, but it isn't. It is right there by the M streets, right by Park Cities. It is on the north end of Uptown. Why would this be a risk? And he was exactly right. So what happened since then is he opened Clifton Club, which is a cocktail bar nearby. And then the terminal, which is a whole building with luxury condos in it, has been built over the past couple of years. I think those residences start at $3 million. So this is the kind of condo we're talking about. In the bottom of it, one of the restaurants on my list is Les Passages, which is an Asian French restaurant from the owners of Georgie and Knox Bistro. And then if you go around the corner from Clifton Club and Beverly's on Cole, you hit Maison Chinoise, which is Alberto Lombardi's new high-end Chinese restaurant, and his speakeasy Regine. There's just a lot of high-end stuff happening there, and CCC is literally in the middle of all those places I just described. Sarah, my question is, is that speakeasy actually a speakeasy? Great question, and the answer is absolutely yes. You walk up to a black wall where they choose to open it Mm. if they want to. (laughs) And you just
3: wait and wait if they don't? I think so. You just (laughs) stare at a black
2: wall? (laughs) It it opened when I went, which... Maybe sounds lucky now.
4: <laughs> <laughs> but do they have like a secret ward or something? Or so they open the door and
2: there's a vestibule right there. And at the time when I went, three beautifully dressed women took me to where I was going. So you kind of leave this black vestibule into this big room with jazz music and martinis and caviar. And it's very Gatsby in there. Very fun. I mean, I totally get the speakeasy thing. It's easy to get swept up because, you know, you're in a room where no one can see you and it feels like this magical insular place.
1: And Sarah, I wanna talk about the other story that you wrote about the reinvented restaurants, because I really love that there's some nostalgia coming back and people are rescuing these old favorite restaurants and reinventing them. That's one of my ins for 2024.
2: That's a great in for 2024, Erin. And I, I love historic restaurants. I hate to see them go. And these seven restaurants, they're all important to me, so I'm just going to list them quickly. Okay. St. Martin's Wine Bistro closed on Greenville. It is reopening early this year on Bryan Street. There will be live piano seven days a week. Cool. Bugatti Ristorante was on Northwest Highway for something like 30 years, maybe more, and is moving to Farmer's Branch in a new development. People are very excited about that. We talked about Margie's Italian Gardens in Fort Worth in Westland. Mm-hmm. It has been closed just for a short time, but it's been open since 1953, so that one will come back. Near and dear to my... My heard the Stonely P is closing after 50 years in business and before its 51st birthday. You heard it here first. It is moving to 4218 Lemon Avenue. They lost their lease and wanted, of course, for the P to live on. So it's Lone Star Beer and Burgers will move to Lemon Avenue, hopefully in time to celebrate that 51st anniversary in April. If you're a fan of the Stonely P, you can still go right now. You can go for the next couple of months. And they hope that the closure between Maple Avenue to Lemon Avenue will not be very long. So I don't want them to lose any business with people thinking the P is closed right now. Right. It's not. And then they're just going to make a quick move. Reminds me very much of the Grapevine Bar. Yes. couple more on this reinvented list. Polito's, we talked about it in Fort Worth. Family-owned restaurant and Beloved. It will come back in spring 2024 first in Fort Worth, but there will be other locations. Jackson is not an old restaurant, but we all remember it because it was on the at t campus in downtown Dallas. Mm-hmm. It closed there last year and will relocate to Las Colinas. There's a little bit of a story about food happening in Las Colinas, a reinvention, if you will, of the restaurants near Toyota Music Factory, many of which did not make it through the pandemic because of some pretty bad timing.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And then the seventh of the seven reinvented restaurants, Three Forks in Addison. So that original 25,000 plus Square Foot Palace on the Dallas North Tollway, closed a couple of years ago. Three Forks then relocated to Frisco in a much smaller space. But if anybody remembers the old Three Forks, it was big, it was majestic, it was fancy. And Three Forks will open in Addison, just a few miles from the original Three Forks.
1: Addison is another spot that's kind of building up a lot. Yeah,
2: there's always been, you know, more food than people in Addison. It feels a lot (laughs) of business people, but there's been a reinvention of the restaurants over there and a fair amount of locally owned restaurants off of Beltline in the the tollway in addition to some newcomers. Great. I am very excited for this year. I do think that the Dallas food scene could use some more creativity. We're seeing some safe options open in 2024. And don't get me wrong. I'm going to love a lot of these places. Goodwins, I didn't mention on Greenville Avenue opening in the old blue goose cantina. I'm really excited for this place. There's going to be an awesome cocktail bar attached to it. It's gonna be high-end American food. That is a beloved piece of real estate in my neighborhood, and I'm gonna really enjoy going to Goodwins. So we'll see this balance of, you know, safe choices. And then we're gonna get extra excited, you know, for the Pan-Caribbean restaurant in downtown McKinney, for the tequila bar on Fitzhugh Avenue, that kind of thing.
1: To our listeners, if you plan on going to one of these restaurants in 2024, please tell us about it at eatdrink@dallasnews.com. at Keep tabs on when they're opening at Dallasnews.com slash food and then let us know. I want pictures. Some of my
2: favorite reader emails are when somebody says what they ate and then sends pictures. I love it when they send pictures of things they don't like to.
1: (laughs) If I may say... And that's all the time we have for Eat Drink DFW this week. Thank you all for joining and I hope we've made you hungry for more. We also want to hear from you so share your food thoughts, favorite restaurants or tasty recipes with us at eatdrink at dallasnews.com. The show is produced by Julie Fisk. To stay up to date on every episode of this show and hear more from our newsroom, just follow the Dallas Morning News wherever you get your podcasts. And if you like what you hear, please rate the show and give us a good review. Find links to everything we do at dallasnews.com listen. You'll also find a special membership offer there just for listeners. For the news, I'm Erin Bookie. Thanks for listening and 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 we'll see you next week.
0: Eat Drink DFW from the Dallas Morning News is made possible by Central Market.